Welcome to the Guernsey Press Arts Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Sean Shackleton, arts editor, features reporter, music guru, uh, walking specialist, uh, obituary writer, what else can I call you? Uh, I'll, I'll stop that's there. Enough. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And first and foremost, we are here to look back at the year that's just passed and look ahead to uh, the year still to come and uh, pick out a few highlights. Um, and well, without further ado, Sean... Um, would you like to uh, get us started on the, in the realm of music? What sort of grabbed your attention over the last year? Well, music. There's been quite a few, um, quite a good, uh, yeah, quite a good, good many people um, uh, kind of putting out recordings. Um, the first one for me uh, that, that kind of grabbed my attention. Uh, I interviewed him in the um, in the Drunken Duck uh, in February. Flexigan. Uh, who brought out Towers One Inaccessible, um, which is about various towers in Guernsey that are, as, as it says, inaccessible. There's a, a folly, uh, the Ozan Tower, a Second World War Observation Tower, Fort Sommery, Loophole Tower, Number 10, a Windmill, a Clock Tower, trees used as lookout posts by German soldiers with nails uh, put in, Communications Tower, uh, and a co- concrete water storage tower that we see every time we go up to the airport there on the right-hand side. It's just, um, I, I, I've never been like um, a follower of uh, ambient or kind of instrumental music, but um, Flexigan, he's, uh, he's his work is just amazing. He, he he gave me the CD and it was it was in my car uh, CD player for, for, for you know for months afterwards. It's just just perfect driving music. It's it's uh, it's it's just it's brilliant. And luckily as well, I mean, uh, I had the privilege of um, uh, read writing. He asked me to uh, write a poem for one of his. Uh, one of his uh, instrumentals about the um, loophole tower number number ten, and uh, uh, that was uh, that was very rewarding. I've never done that before, and it was great to hear it back. Quite a challenge for him to take on to evoke specific uh, towers around the island through well, ambient instrumental music. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, some some he, he didn't do it um, in situ. Uh, he's had field recordings every um, every everywhere, but there, a lot of them were kind of just. Um, Inspired by by these buildings, yeah, a, a couple he he did. I'm, I'm, I think he did the uh, clock tower at St James, and he actually he actually um, recorded the, uh, the actual pendulum going backwards and forwards. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's at the beginning, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if he actually nailed some nails into the actual trees. I doubt it, but there's <laughs> there, there is some clangings of nails going on there in trees as well so uh, yeah excellent. so that, that would be your recorded highlight uh, recorded music highlight of the year would it well that and also uh, Mick Lihuri, uh, he had the, the family album out which was 10 songs all true stories based around his family history I mean Mick he's, he's a, a, um, you know a, a long time um, contributor of the folk uh, folk evening uh, the folk club and also the uh, Sark Folk Festival he was one of the um, mm. one of the committee members there and it was just um, it was just lovely music just lovely stories and also his uh, sons Paul and James played on it as well so it was really a, a family affair so uh, yeah it was a lovely album the family album Excellent. Um, now, uh, moving on to uh, live music, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll um, give you a couple of my highlights. Yeah, please. One yeah. from a local band and one uh, from a visiting band, and both at the Vale Earth Fair right. um, within just a couple of hours of each other. Um, the first was uh, a band called Space Soul, who um, uh, quite a young local band. It's the young, young band, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Kind of like shoegaze, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was... Um, it's kind of music that grabs you uh, after a while. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't almost didn't kind of notice it. I was chatting away to various people. Yeah. And then I kind of realised that this music had been just building almost without my noticing. And mm. then I was just, it was grabbing my attention. Yeah. And then it just held my attention for the rest of the, the set, you know. And it reminded me actually of a French band that came over and played on the main stage at Vale Earth Fair, oh, God, goodness knows, about 10, 15 years ago, called Hitch Go, Go Home. Right. I, I bought their CD because it was just... It just sort of got under my skin, sort of thing, you know. And I felt the same way about this this band. Yeah, and they're certainly very talented. So I'm I'm not uh, sure what they've got planned next. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but my my daughter brought attention to, to, to them to me because I think she's the same age as uh, as the bass player, right? Because uh, she's nineteen, going on twenty. So I mean, they're that they're that young, right? Okay. And um and that, and and she got interested in shoegaze, you know, bands like the Catherine Wheel and My Bloody Valentine, that kind of. 
early 90s, late 80s kind of um, kind of kind of droney kind of guitar type thing. And it's, it's good to hear that these, these youngsters are kind of taking that kind of music on again. Yeah, and that it was well received as well. Yes, a yeah. Big yeah. crowd there. Actually, there was a big crowd throughout the afternoon. The Bensons mm-hmm. were on uh, not long after them. And then uh, the, the the other highlight for me was a visiting band called Hutch, who were from Brighton. Right. The, the, the best set I've ever seen at the Vale Earth Fair. In fact, to the point where when it ended, I just went home. Because I, <laughs> you don't I see just knew else. nothing was going <laughs> to top it. Um, and I've been following them on social media since, and they've just released a, a single last week. And it, uh, yeah, Hutch are, are certainly a band that I've decided to look out for. And an example of one of the, the great up and coming bands that you've typically never heard of, mm-hmm. the Vale Earth Fair Collective will bring over and, and show to us on these occasions. They're, they're great like that. But what, what, what kind of stuff is, is Hutch then? Um, they're uh, prog, uh, well, I was going to say prog rock, but more kind of prog pop in a way. Right. Um, they are ridiculously talented musicians who are completely unafraid to switch genre not just between songs but within songs right um on se- several occasions yeah but, and, and also um uh really funny with with some of this um their lyrics and the mm-hmm. things that they'll choose to to sing about one of my favorites of theirs is um uh all about a, a girl that one of them um fancies who works in the radiator shop um, which, in Brian, which there is actually, I used to live in Brian. There is actually a radio show. There is, it still yes. survives. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've actually seen it. I mean, last time I went over, my, yeah, my daughter showed me it. It's, it's, it's down the hill as you go from the station, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. On the left hand side. <laughs> not many towns left, I imagine, have such a thing. But um, and so, but on the other hand, there there is room for them to really just let loose with some amazing musicianship that just uh, mm-hmm. you know was was quite jaw dropping. So, um, yeah expecting great things of them so that was the, my my life highlights all came down to that one day really pretty Brilliant. much what about yours my uh i went to the havlet regatta because um, it was a new venue obviously and um it was uh, i went to see the um what were they called the, the the irish band the the button pushers my oh, old yeah, mate yeah. clem and, and and guy and and uh and it, it it was great. It was it, it was a brilliant. I, th- I think it's uh, it's, a, it's a, a venue with great potential, and uh, it'll make a change for people from the west to come to town to try and find a parking space. <laughs> whereas we have to do for the Rocky Regatta, you know. So uh, no, I think it's gonna be really good. Also, I, I never went by. I, I saw a Guy about it. Um, uh, Guy Mitchell, uh, he started the dementia friendly music festival at the uh, Folk and Costume Museum. And uh, that was well received as well. So there's, there's two two new venues, and I think they're they're going to be quite good uh, during the summer. They were both in September actually, so towards the end of summer. Um, what other highlights would you like to bring up from uh, from the year just gone? Uh, from from the year just gone, uh, just music, or do you want to go on to well, can branch out. Although yeah. there was one that uh, you mentioned the other day, which was the uh, which is uh, the anniversary of the Beatles playing at the Candy. Oh yes, um, well yeah, that, yeah. That was I suppose that's music and art together, and that was the um, that was the Guernsey Arts Twist and Shout. Yeah, uh, to, to to celebrate the uh, the the, um, the anniversary. I mean. Altogether, all it was fantastic. It had um, the exhibition where local artists interpreted a song by the Beatles. That was a great exhibition. Uh, they had afternoon tea at the um, Duke of Richmond, which Louise organised. I think that was well attended. And then, of course, the, there was the live performance uh, with the band made up of uh, Beatles fans who, who did Beatles songs. And I, th- I think that's just Guernsey Arts at its best, just like three different things like that put together uh, and and a lot of people went i thought it was really really well attended all the, all the, all the way through i thought that, i thought it was brilliant yeah i went along to the the evening performance in, right. in candy gardens yeah. um, i don't know if, it, if was that the same one because i think they had two the, distinct the, ones didn't they the, yeah, the, i went through to the win- midweek one that was yes. in the uh, gardens itself on the actual anniversary day i think well, and that was absolutely packed i think i think well, yeah that, uh, there was one put together by uh, by Guernsey arts and then there was also one put together by the um the, uh, the 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 town, the 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 or the, 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 the street, the Guernsey Street Music Festival. All oh, right. They were put, yeah, uh, yeah, in the in the Candy Gardens Sunday. Yeah, that was uh, Tyler, 
Tyler, Tyler Edmonds and the boys right. doing that one. Yeah, I think that was on a Sunday, but that one, the evening yeah. one, that uh, was that was the uh, that was the Guernsey Arts. I think put that one together. Yeah, yeah and uh, that was a great vibe to that. Yeah, it's just really yeah. you know, it, it, uh, happily the rain stayed away because it was it poured down beforehand and afterwards. But yeah, um, it was uh, just really surprising to see that many people i wasn't expecting and it. all it was, ages as well there were yeah, kids yeah. and there was there's uh, people who, who obviously of the age when the beatles kind of played over here as well which is which was just brilliant to see yeah. bringing together all, all those age groups you know it was, it was great yeah um and um then if we move on to film film yeah um well i i tried to um to uh to uh lars and Schaller of uh of um guernsey filmworks and they brought out Underground, uh, which was uh, a horror film filmed, funnily enough, at the uh, at the German Underground Hospital, which was uh, which was really well received. And I think it's I think it's going on to, it's gone on to America now, and and Europe as well. So that's going to be shown from quite a few places. But as they say, it, they love doing it over here because it actually sells Guernsey as well. One one American reviewer says you can actually go to this place that this, that, that this film is filmed. You know, it, it's a it's a tourist attraction. Yeah. So it's, it's putting Guernsey on the map, which is yeah, great. Absolutely. I have to declare an interest because I'm in that very. You, you, you are. You are in that <laughs> film. about the three end, seconds that, yeah, yes. at the end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and it's, it's 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 great. It's great to see. I mean, the the the, the um, local as well as um, UK uh, actors as well, but uh, mm. but mostly. Um, the, the the crew and the actors are, are local, which, yeah. which is great. I really enjoyed the um, the improvised uh, acting between the, the various principal members of the cast. You know, yeah, just very naturalistic mm-hmm. and brought together brought it together really well. And to the point where, when they were then in jeopardy in these uh, uh, horrifying and, ter- and uh, spooky scenes in the yeah. in the underground hospital, you did actually care about what was what was going to befall <laughs> them. You know, which is obviously obviously one of the big flaws with a lot of uh, horrors that that um, they haven't established the characters enough no. to actually be that bothered about what happens. Yeah, there. so they did that well. And, and, and you know, chatting, and they were, I think by the end of the film and all, they're all quite freaked out of, mm. uh, of, of uh, because you know this, this thing's been seen down there and all, all sorts of stuff. You know, so I mean, I think I imagine long periods of time down in the underground hospital kind of can affect yeah. you. Yeah. Well, having been involved in a couple of theatrical productions yeah, now, I can, I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that's quite apart from the, the all-pervading damp. But anyway, let's, let's move yeah. on. Well, actually, I'll, I'll put a word in for um, Bet Your Bottom Dollar as well, which I went along to see the uh, the um, the premiere of at uh, the Princess Royal. That was uh, Brandon Ashplant's uh, one that um, that we featured, obviously, here on, on mm-hmm. the um, on the podcast. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. And it was it's, it's just... Um, Actually, I think what one of the things I really enjoyed about it is just the opportunity to go to a venue like that uh, for a, a quality screening yeah. that was well attended, and just the occasion of a film premiere yeah. uh, in Guernsey. It's just it, it's a relatively new phenomenon for us, but it seems to it be is. happening with greater regularity. And yeah, it's, uh, it's something definitely to be welcomed. And there's, there's just so much happening film-wise. You know, there's, there's just so many people making films. You know, it, it, the residue of, of COVID. A lot of the filmmakers. I've come back to Guernsey, and uh, and, and you know, look, look at us, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, sticking with acting, but moving on, perhaps to um, to theatre. Um, I, I've picked out a couple of uh, my highlights uh, for those. I've, I will be very studiously careful not to pick anything that I've been yeah. involved in directly, <laughs> because um, you, you know, obviously, anything you're involved in on stage, you end up thinking is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um, unless you have a particularly bad experience, but that generally isn't the case. Um, so I'll pick out a production that I really thoroughly enjoyed, and that was uh, Our House, actually, by um, the Varon School. Right. Um, which I think 99% of the people attending had some connection to the school or were parents, and mm-hmm. had quite a big speech at the end by the by the principal um but actually i just went along because i'm a madness fan and right. i've seen the poster yeah. and i thought well yeah i'll go along and, and my son who's 14 and it, not at that school but um he's really into madness mm-hmm. as well i think he's basically imbibed it from me in the car right. over the years um so we, we went along and um yeah so it was a full house at, at beaux which is a, an achievement in its own right um, and um, I, I hadn't been aware that there was a, a madness musical up up to that. Right. I, I, yeah. I, and it, but it was it was a great musical in terms that 
It, um, it, it was um, faithful to the kind of tenor of those Madness songs, mm -hmm. which is actually about, despite all the, the peppy, really enjoyable sort of upbeat music, it's actually about um, uh, uh, leading a tough life in yes. London and, and the hardship, you know, mm -hmm. and getting through it with, with, a, with a sense of humour. Yes, which they all did. Sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the principal characters, Joe and Sarah, were played by Joe Mansell and uh, Amy McColl. And um, I mean, his acting in the in the first act in particular just knocked my socks off. I thought, you know, this is mm. somebody who who's got a career in acting ahead of him if he wants it, you know. Yeah. And then and then her uh, singing in the, the 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 beginning of the second act, well, the first sort of quarter an hour of the second act demands a lot from that female lead, and Amy McColl just absolutely nailed it. And, mm. and, and more than that, was just you know, inspiringly excellent in it you know it was, it was so uplifting and yeah it's a school production so they're mm -hmm. a bit rough at the edges at times you know um you, you couldn't claim the whole thing was like west end quality or anything but those two in particular yeah. kind of lifted it uh to to a higher level and it was overall a really really enjoyable experience so i mean hats off to him for yeah for a school production definitely yeah never saw yeah. anything of that quality when i was yeah when i was at school was, I, I think it must have been about 15 14 15 years ago i, I can't remember what school it was but they they, they did our house as well oh, and, right. and it was at the performing arts center because i took my two girls who, who were quite young at the time and they loved it it was it's, it's good for the the older generation like us who know the songs yeah and it's good to introduce the songs to the kids as well yeah absolutely especially the kind of this this it's a few lesser known ones in there they're like my name yeah. is michael Caine. it's got that little frame in it hasn't it going yeah. through it and all that yeah i thought it was very good yeah yeah it's well definitely well written and, and well put together and then um my performance of the year would go to is sticking with youth again really um the the lead in the diary of anne frank in the in the title role right. was amelia garn uh, one of the finest performances, well, I think actually the best performance I've seen on the Guernsey stage. Really? Uh, which I know is a big claim, but I can't think of a, a better one. It was just astonishing. Um, and th there was there's a lot demanded of, of yeah. the actor in that role. Yeah. Um, and, and a couple, I mean, a hundred different examples I could give, but I mean, there was, uh, uh, there was one particular scene where she's required to... Um, uh, receive a drink from somebody she's is handed a glass of milk and then she just kind of um is sort of a, a little bit away with the fairies and starts dancing around the room and then spills it onto a onto a fur coat and it was done with such elan just so so, so completely um naturalistic and without any kind of yeah uh, without you, you feeling that it was sort of put on um the, the just brilliant physical acting and then i went back and saw it again because i was so enthused by it and um and the coat was in a completely different place it was on the bench instead of down the back of the floor so she had to go a completely different route right but it's because the first time i'd seen it it, it had fallen down and and, and <laughs> without breaking sweat or yeah. breaking stride as it were she just solved the problem on stage and as, yeah, as somebody who's done a bit of acting yeah. i remember looking at that and thinking that that's you know pretty special but there was another one where um uh, she there's there's a kiss and then um, immediately following it, she has to come uh, across the stage in front of all the adults and then back into her little room over mm -hmm. on the other side. And there's no words in this scene. Um, oh, yeah. And it probably only lasts about 15 seconds. But the the coming down the stairs, the excitement, the embarrassment, the, the nervous giggle, and then the running off into the room, it was just... Um, every, everybody in the audience yeah. related to it. Right, we've, yeah. We've all been in that, all you know, that youth, yeah. youthful love situation. Yeah. And uh, there was there was a huge sort of roar of laughter, another mm. packed house. Um, yeah, I just thought it was brilliant. Is she, is she um, I think I interviewed her beforehand. Uh, I just wondered, is she going to continue acting or is it just something she does for, you know, yep. is it fun? Is she, she, she uh, I bumped into her the other day, actually, and she is uh, going to be involved in further productions this year. In fact, it sounded like an absolutely terrifying schedule. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's also doing A-levels. Oh, um, God. So, uh, wow. yeah, it's just, um, you know, you know there, there are not the first uh, young actor I've met on the island who appears to be doing more than it is physically possible mm. to fit into a calendar yeah but um you know it's great that there is such enthusiasm for theater on the island uh -huh. um, amongst the amongst the young in particular i think uh, the future of theater is in safe hands from that point of view you're listening to the guernsey press arts podcast and our special look back to 2023 and our various cultural highlights and I don't think there can be much doubt that the main event really of last year was the Renoir in Guernsey 1883 
exhibition. What an event it was. Historic, really. Well, our Tony Kerr went down to speak to the driving force behind that uh, exhibition, which was Art for Guernsey and its founder, David Ummels. David, well, thanks very much for making a bit of time to chat at the start of 2024. Um, let's start by looking back, though, on the last 12 months, because it has been a um, pretty momentous year for Arthur Guernsey in terms of the journey you've been on over the last um, well, several years now. Uh, as we sit here kind of looking ahead to an exciting year, how do you reflect on, on the past 12 months? Well, uh, good to see you and welcome and Happy New Year. Um, I had to kind of report to our stakeholders this week and I realized that 11 months ago, this site was a construction site. Um, so it kind of like we kind of reflected a bit on that. And I think we achieved a lot in 2023, um, not only to kind of uh, renovate for a year and a half this wonderful gallery, uh, which is our home now, uh, but also to kind of deliver a number of shows. I mean, it's difficult to pick one out of the others, but clearly the uh, renaissance of Victor Hugo with kind of like the big tentacles flying around and so on. And, and us paying a tribute to the legacy that the, the great man left here was, uh, was one special moment. Uh, but also we, we, we're so excited about the work that we do uh, within education and with the community. And then, of course, uh, we work really hard to uh, curate the, the Renoir exhibition in partnership with uh, uh, the Guernsey Museum and the Giverny Museum. Yes, so that's, that's quite a lot. I mean, we, we also hired extraordinary people, built a team. And uh, yeah, so that, no, no wonder that we were a little, little tight at the end of the year. Right? Yeah, you recovered? Yes, yes. We feel good now. We feel good. Refresh and also... I tell you what, for me personally, it was kind of difficult to let go of the Renoir exhibition uh, because we worked so hard on this for like three and a half years. And so the last day of the Renoir, I went there with my son and was kind of like, I was happy that he was on my side because uh, I must have seen the show like 20 times, but I, c I couldn't really turn the page. And, uh, and no, I did completely. And I'm completely, I, I, it feels very distant, but all the hard work you don't really remember about. You remember only about the good side of it. So um, I feel good about that, feel fresh. We have a fantastic uh, program. Actually, this is the first show of the year for us that you can see in the background. It's called Of Earth and Islands, um, showcasing three local artists, uh, Sally Edego Lightly, Charlie Buchanan and Bridget Spiney. And it's a show that connects with all Earth the Guernsey Earth, and also with our interpretations of of this island, and and I think those three artists are not only finding a, a deep inspiration from Guernsey, but they actually are an inspiration for us uh, living here. So very excited, uh, looking ahead. You know, um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to have a great year. Brilliant. And just to come back to the Renoir exhibition. Obviously, that was the the landmark event of the year as far as kind of arts and Guernsey was concerned and um, as you say a long time in the making there were so many layers to to what you wanted to achieve with it but when you sit back now does it feel like it ticked all the boxes did you did you did you hit the marks that you wanted to well I think we certainly did our very best uh, we wanted to do a fine art exhibition that celebrates the career shaping inspiration that Renoir found on the island and we did that and I think we imprinted that narrative in the art history as well with a catalog um, that includes a, a scientific essay from Mr. Schiama on how important Guernsey was in Renoir's career. Um, so that was the first objective. Uh, we also wanted to do much more than a fine art exhibition. Um, so for us, it was about finding opportunities for families to engage, schools to engage, and the entire community to engage. And we had four satellite events, the Renoir Walk, uh, the, uh, the wonderful Wet Collodion photography show with Paul Chambers uh, that was trying to achieve something that Renoir thought would be impossible. It is to capture the movement of the light with a 19th century camera. 
uh, that also kind of created a platform for a lot of families to engage. And also we had a show on local history and how life was in 1883 with the Priyog's library. Uh, but most importantly, as we kind of stand as one of our key hitos to kind of inspire children and students, uh, we had more than three and a half thousand people, oh, sorry, three and a half thousand children and students coming for free to see the Renoir exhibition. So that was on the to-do list. What was also on the to-do list is to put Guernsey on the map. And um, in spring last year, if you had to, if you had searched for Guernsey Renoir on Google, you would have found like a few hundred results. At the peak of the summer, we had one and a half million results per day. And now if you search like Renoir and Guernsey, you probably find 700,000 results because the exhibition is gone. But literally, we put Guernsey on the map. Uh, we had more than, we had 15,700 visitors over the course of the show. And uh, the interesting thing is that uh, 98, 99% of the visitors bought their ticket online. So we have all the Google Analytics. Uh, we also run a survey following up their visit with more than a thousand answers. And actually both the Google Analytics and the survey say the same thing. And what they say is that about 30% of the visitors came from abroad. And when you analyze that, those figures, that 30% of the 15,000 visitors, one third of those 30% came for the very purpose of the show. Two thirds were here, they were visitors, they enjoyed the exhibition, uh, and one third came for the very specific reason of the exhibition. And we asked them how long they stayed, and in average it's between five and six days. So if you think about 1,500 people who came to see the Renoir specifically, and you do that times five or six, you've got more than 5,000 nights on island. Mm. And those are exclusively thanks to the Renoir. So economically, we wanted to kind of support the hospitality sector. We listened to them. They told us that there's no point to do that over the summer months because in a good summer, we are fully booked anyway. So we listened to them to kind of prolong the, the season. Uh, and I think they did really well. And that is reflected in, in, in those figures. So that was certainly something we wanted to do, put a case for the greater good and put a case that cultural and art tourism can be extremely lucrative for a place like Guernsey. I'm, I'm, I'm actually writing up an economic essay on the wider benefits. Um, it's probably a few weeks away. I will be sharing that publicly because I think it could be very interesting to look at the facts. Um, but also, if you kind of, if you, the way at least I see it, I mean, mighty museums such as the National Gallery, uh, Musée d'Orsay, Cincinnati Museum, and many others, they so fit to be your partner, to put their name on the dotted line with Guernsey. And so I think we should be very proud as a community that they see us uh, like credible enough yeah. to kind of lend their artworks. And uh, in terms of cultural diplomacy, in terms of being perceived very positively from abroad, I think it's massive. Over the summer, um, all the bus stops of Normandy had uh, in the billboards, they had the poster of the show. All of them, in any villages in Normandy with a bus stop, they had the poster of Renoir in Guernsey because Normandy sees us pretty much still like part of Normandy. <laughs> when, you, when you dig deep, yeah. I asked Cyrus Kiama, the, the director of the um, Giverny Museum, if, you know, obviously at the very beginning, a few years ago, I, I said, Cyril, you, we're going to have to do this exhibition. You need to be a major partner in that because you will bring things that we can't. And he said that, well, it's in my mandate. I've got a mandate with bullet points, and one of them is actually to kind of stimulate the cultural links with the uh, Channel Islands because they don't shout about it, but they still see us like part of Normandy. Yeah. So we've got an open door to do more projects like that. And um, 
So I think it, I think it's great, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know at the, at the sort of um, at the launch of the whole event, you spoke about the the kind of persuasion and work you had to do to to get it off yeah. the ground. The the, yeah. the the engagement with children was a massive part of why these other yeah, as you say, kind of prestigious places, prestigious uh, institutions wanted to get involved. Yeah. Now that you've kind of you were able to to have the ambition to put it on and carry it off, what kind of doors does that open going forward? I mean, has it changed? what's possible for art for Guernsey and for kind of Guernsey art? I think so. I think so. Because, for example, when we received uh, the artworks uh, from those institutions, from those museums, they had to send a chaperone to monitor the logistics, the opening of the crates, and actually the hanging on the artworks. So they physically came on the ground, the people of Musée d'Orsay, of the National Gallery, and at this opportunity, uh, we took this opportunity to obviously try to build the best possible relationship. And we have in mind to um, do, uh, well, we have a pipeline uh, like that is set up for the next 12 months. But in terms of the similar projects than the Renoir, uh, we have in mind to engage on a route to create a Turner Trail this April that will be in place in Guernsey, Sark, Alderney. Turner came in 1831-32 when he made uh, more than 100 sketches of our uh, coastline. So we will do the same concept than the Renoir Walk, but with the Turner Trail. Then as a step one, we'll have a local artist to have a dialogue with Turner and kind of revisit his sketches. As a step two next year, we'll have international artists coming in and having a dialogue with Turner and producing a body of work that connects to it. But then as a step three, and we may be talking three years down the line because this is what it takes, we would like to curate a Turner exhibition uh, like we did for the Renoir. And uh, the person from the National Gallery came here to visit our gallery and we showed him courtesy and so on. And he said, for example, that's our strong room um, is nothing else than a micro-museum in terms of standards. And he has already, already validated, theoretically, the idea that the National Gallery could lend us a Turner because he kind of pre-checked and we were like, surely we're not good enough. And he's like, no, no, don't, don't say guys, don't say that, guys. I mean, this, this is stacking up. So um, credibility has been earned. Um, friendship and relationships have been built um, I mean, Christie's, for example, it's, it's the biggest auction, art auction house in the world. And the person in charge of uh, Impressionism and modern art came um, and he said that what we did, while modest in size, was world class. And they helped us to find two artworks from their private collectors. And they're very much open to help us again. So I think that also, we learn tremendously. Uh, art for Guernsey has been around for eight years. Uh, we are the same team. We're kind of 10, 12. We're growing together. We're learning together. Um, we did like 80 projects together. Um, and with, the, with our partners of the Guernsey Museums, for that instance, I think we learn a tremendous amount. And um, I think we are better professionals. But, uh, but uh, one thing that uh, you, you picked on, um, I, I say I said it very often. I don't think that the Renoir exhibition would have happened without our involvement with the school children, and the reason for that is because um, I think all those museums uh, they are outstanding. Uh, I like to think that we are kind of good, maybe a little bit better than that sometimes, but they don't need a good partner because they work day to day with outstanding partner. And I think the reason why they work with us is because we have those values to kind of uh, use art as a vehicle to create educational value within the schools. And that, I think, kind of inspired them a bit. And that's why they kind of took us like a, a junior partner, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, so you kind of collect what you have seeded. And those values are part of our DNA. So they help tremendously. 
I don't know, you've just come back from a trip at the start of the year to, yeah. to London, making connections, presumably, yes. uh, with with kind of, you know, elsewhere in the industry and as well, Jersey, where you've got yes. a link up with uh, Art House Jersey. Yes, um, what, what's the vision for that relationship going forward? Is that something that's going to bear fruit this year? Oh, yeah, definitely. In uh, in June 22, uh, both Art for Guernsey and Art House Jersey went to a field trip to Brittany. And we visited all the key museums and galleries of Rennes and so on. And we felt pretty aligned or very aligned. They are a publicly owned organization and we are obviously a private charity. But we kind of uh, met on essential values. So pretty quickly the, the rationale was to create uh, an exhibition that we called the Channel Island Contemporary Art Collection. And that would aim to uh, invite whoever is inspired by the Channel Islands from Jersey, from Guernsey, but from the world to create a body of work that we would show in Jersey first. And it is on show at the moment in Guernsey, 19 artists, exceptional quality. It will come here from the 1st of March for six weeks. And then it will go to Rennes, uh, to Champ Libre, which is the biggest cultural center of Brittany with one million visitors per year. It's, it, it, is, it is as big as a pyramid. It's crazy. It's kind of like six floors, six football pitches. Yes. That's, that's Champ Libre. And they are our partners. And what we want to achieve with that um, is first create a benchmark to kind of uh, show or basically for more intelligent and collaborative projects between Jersey and Guernsey. And I think the business sector, and I would like to think the politicians, are taking a great deal of interest on how to better collaborate with Jersey on topics that are where we have a vested interest. Because from out there, from France, if you go to Rennes, 80% um, of their perception is about the Channel Islands. They can't really differentiate much between Jersey and currency. So we can join our forces to promote the Channel Island to some extent because we are completely aligned. And uh, after Rennes, we would like to go to uh, tour the show and end up uh, within the European Parliament in Brussels um, to kind of put it out there, what we stand for, what Guernsey and Jersey are for. And it's not about all, all the shiny things. Uh, the 19 artists are covering social topics, the beautiful landscapes, but also the people who live here and who have no voice, who are not listened to. Um, so there's a wide spectrum of medium and techniques and narratives to kind of like try to represent what the Channel Islands are and a lot of good things. And then just put a case that this is us. We're not only an offshore jurisdiction, we are much more and so i believe in that i believe in cultural diplomacy and i think the renoir has proven that it created so many platforms for uh, business people to talk uh, politicians to talk at the highest level uh, i know that Origny took a great deal of interest and that uh, obviously since then they have opened a, a line with uh, paris condor was a partner as well um, so uh, uh, yeah, I, I believe in cultural diplomacy and the purpose of that collaboration is just that. Um, but yeah, uh, after that we have uh, uh, to, to kind of switch on something else that is equally important. We hired a new education director last summer. We are building educational programs that are not yet available in Guernsey. One that I find very exciting and that, that has been endorsed by uh, some of the schools is for kids on the autistic spectrum or with special needs. And usually they kind of, some of them are kind of disengaged from school, but they love art as a, a visual language. They absolutely love that. And we are kind of building and already implementing that program to try to uh, reconnect with those kids and bring them back in school environment. So I think this year on the educational front, we'll, we'll do a great deal of, uh, of exciting things as well.
Well, it sounds like there's going to be a lot to catch up with you on yeah. over the course of the year. Uh, we just finally, um, obviously, you know, the, the Renoir exhibition was was so high, high profile. Um, it's going to be difficult to match that profile this year. I mean, what's your message to, I suppose, people who are connected to the art, um, the, the sort of art community, if you like, in Guernsey, but also the wider community about about kind of sort of why to get involved in, in art for Guernseyan? Well, the message is uh, to the local community of artists is that one of our key ethos is to support local artists, and this show is about three locally based artists, so we do that all the time. We also support uh, younger art students with scholarship program. Uh, the message to the uh, overall community is that, yes, we will do uh, more high-profile um, projects like Renoir. It will take about three years for the next one, it's going to be Turner. but. Please come and engage with us. That's my message. Because every day in this gallery, there's something mega exciting. And to an extent, and to an extent only, um, some of the art on those walls, if you set the Renoir brand aside, for me, they are as exciting as a big name. Um, and I think that, uh, I think a gallery like this has a purpose to extend the boundaries of uh, tolerance for every single citizen. I think that we suffer from a kind of a problem in, in this particular society, is that we cannot stand different opinions. When I was at uni, all my friends disagree with me. And we had like endless nights about debating about a topic, and we would agree to disagree. And we would feel a strong bond as friends. I feel that we kind of uh, not as good anymore in terms of like accepting different opinions. And the way I see art is something that helps you to consider different opinions um, and accept them or reject them, but with some sort of respect and understanding. So besides the art, besides the entertaining, the decorative value for me, this is all about uh, learning to accept different opinions or respect them. Sometimes I look at a piece of art and I know I dislike it prof profoundly. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. At least I know what I don't like. But I have kind of learned to kind of do that with some respect. And the way I, I have it in my mind is that as a citizen, I think art is helpful for that. And do you think that's got a role to play? This space has got a role to play along those lines in Guernsey. Obviously, we're quite a few people in quite a small place yeah. with quite a lot of opinions. Um, can this help to, to kind of get everyone on, if not the same page, but at least kind of... Yeah, I think, it, I think if you come here and say, you know what, I really hate that show. Great. I'm happy for you because you learn something. But you'll come many times and say, well, I love that thing. And, uh, you know, there's another function about art and... I stand here most of my time with a team. You wouldn't believe how many people, especially old people, turn up and they want to be listened to. They just have things to say. But they had nobody to tell, tell those things for, for days. And they just come. They basically, I think they think that we kind of dare to talk to them and that's a, that's a great thing. And then they talk about different things and they are super interesting. Um, but this is also every single student that comes here with school. I say, guys, you have two types of galleries. Most of them are commercial galleries. They're using pedantic and intimidating languages to sell artworks at inflated price. That's what they do. We do the opposite. We are a charity that is aiming to be welcoming, accessible, and yes, we are entrepreneurial. We, we sell artworks and we keep half of it to do more of the same. Uh, but we stand with very different values. And uh, we see a lot of students coming. Um, we've got 16 scholarship students. Uh, they come upstairs, no cost. They work on their A-level or whatever. Anytime they want, they need like a kind of a safe place to work on their art. So. So we stand for different values because we're not really a gallery, we're not really even an art charity. 
I think we are a charity that is applying art to create value for Guernsey. That's very different than being a, an art gallery. Sean, it is quite a special thing to have brought over such an exhibition uh, to Guernsey. Most people are aware of Renoir coming over, but I don't think they knew how many paintings he actually did. And of course, they had that one that they thought was painted in Italy. Yeah, made the Salerno. Yeah, yeah. But which, which they found out was uh, was was actually a, a distant view of Castle Corner, which is uh, which is great. Yeah, and as soon as you see it, it's oh yeah, yeah. of course it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's straight away you can tell. You know, <laughs> just ask a local, and they, yeah. they, they have been there. You know, yeah. on the way to Fermin, you can see yeah. it, can't you? Yeah. yeah. And just to check, I actually uh, googled uh, the Bay of Salerno. Uh, All right, and found that there is no promontory sticking out for it. This is one big, perfectly curved bay. So right. it couldn't possibly, <laughs> how like anybody it. ever thought it was no. Bay no. to learn, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, but uh, really, just you know, in terms of the people that were brought over to to go and view it, the opportunity for people here to have an exhibition like that to go and see, and then um, yeah, just just an opportunity to go and step up that close to mm -hmm. one of one of Renoir's paintings and. Um, just observe the actual stroke of the brush, yeah, um, yeah. and and um, and which they, I, 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 it was an education for me, mm -hmm. not, not really being very well versed in right, yeah. visual arts generally. Yeah. I have to admit, um, to to see the, uh, the the magic of how that worked with with its being um, seemingly so um, uh, sort of almost slapdash in its. Mm -hmm. Creation, yeah, and, and just um, bold with the with the brush strokes, yeah, um, and sort of making no sense, really up close, minutely close, and then stepping back a few feet and seeing it all just dissolve yeah. into something perfect yeah. was yeah, capturing the light, it. isn't it? Yeah, but also you know the, off the back of that as well, um, actually at the Alpha Guernsey uh, Gallery up um, not Mill Street, uh, Mansell Street, Mansell Street, yeah. Where did, where did they merge, those two streets? But anyway, <laughs> Catching the Light and Time in the Shadows of Renoir by Paul Chambers with his um, collodion uh, wet plate um, photographs. So that, and that was a great opportunity for, for a local local photographer to uh, to become involved in yeah. as well. So a did, real labour of love for him as well. Well, it, well, it is, yeah. I mean, you know, to, to be a part of a Renoir exhibition, it's, it's great, especially for a lad from uh, from Barnsley, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> So fair, fair play to him, fair play to fair play to Paul, which is great. Absolutely. Any other um, sort of highlights from last year? In well, visual arts, you want yeah, to find? I mean, uh, out for Guernsey again. You know, they're doing great work. Um, uh, in August, they brought over Teddy Baden and Charlie McFarley, two um, two two street artists, to uh, to, to paint up the uh, Bossier skate, skate Park, yeah, right. uh, which they did. Uh, and a lot of people, obviously, they don't like. What they what they see as graffiti, but um, I, I, was, I was chatting to both artists and they, and they had nothing but great comments of dog walkers going past saying, "Oh, that's cheered it up and that looks fantastic and all that." So, fair play to them. You know, they got these kind of prominent street artists that are well known in 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 England and 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 their works on on, on a Guernsey skate park, legally, which yeah. is great. You know, it's. Uh, so we've uh, spent plenty of time talking about 2023, but we are, of course, well into 2024. I've already uh, enjoyed a, a an arts highlight by going along to a gig at St. James, which was uh, Nessie Gomez the other night, which was uh, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, the last time I went to see her live involved a 1,480-kilometre round trip in a Toyota Camry. This time I had to drive up from the Cattells to St. James, so it was a lot easier a lot easier to get to. So, uh, yeah, very enjoyable, and uh, it was sold out. Of course, she had to uh, put us. Well, she didn't have to, but she chose to put a, yeah. a second day on, and uh, that was well attended as well. So uh, good to have uh, Nessie Gomez uh, performing locally again. Her last live gig in Guernsey, I think, was six years ago. That was at St. James as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I yeah. think it was a celebration of their 200th anniversary or something right, yeah, yeah so that's right, yeah. um yeah so hopefully uh, it won't be another six years before we uh, right. see her back on the stage but um in in terms of looking ahead to things that are coming up i know that we've got um a couple of uh, films in the not too distant future that we can look forward to in fact in the next episode of this podcast in february we'll be speaking to cameron ashplant uh, 
about the premiere of The Last Flamingo of the Red Summer Sunset. That's a Western set in the United States, but filmed entirely here yeah. in Guernsey. So that's going to be fascinating to see. And then Alex Bates is uh, going to be releasing in 2024 his latest film, Sands of Purgatory which is a, a futuristic sort of apocalyptic uh, movie. It's apocalyptic kind of, yeah. It's, yeah I, I talked to him uh, last year about that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it sounds quite quite fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, again, great to uh, be looking forward to feature-length movies. W uh, Western uh, science yeah. fiction coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Filming Guernsey. Yeah. And horror as well, because uh, I think Guernsey Filmworks have got another one coming up as well, which is, which is good. Excellent. And uh, I think we should... Uh, Highlight a couple of things in the theatre realm as well. We've got Guys and Dolls is the big summer production uh, from Gadoc. That's going to be at Beausajour. And then the uh, the big musical from MTG this year is going to be Priscilla, based on the Priscilla Queen, Queen of the, of the Desert, Desert. Uh, which will be imagined for adults only, I was suspecting. <laughs> and that's uh, going to be at the Princess Royal. Um, uh, so those are a few highlights to look forward to. Anything else you wanted to sort of pick out? Uh, the... Um, the um uh, St James has got a, a, a decibel weekend coming up on the second and third, so it's got like live music uh, on, on both nights. On the is it the second, the Friday, and then the third is on the Saturday, I believe. Um, I think the first night is um, this is a UK band over coming over called Henge, who describes himself as playing cosmic dross, and in the character and the band playing the characters of of Zippor, Goo, Grok, and Nom. So right. it'd be interesting to see what Cosmic Dross actually is. I, I, I believe they all dress up in kind of weird costumes and stuff. And and and, and the other headlining band is the Bug Club, who were kind of um, I, th I believe Radio Six kind of um, favourites. So that'd be good. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's something to look forward to. And uh, I should also mention as well, uh, we were on to the subject of film a minute ago. Uh, the Mallard Cinema, I've noticed, uh, not only are going to be uh, continuing to show Clamour to Cinema yep. um, presentations, which uh, were going to end with Talking Heads, um, uh, Stop Making Sense, which I went along to. But uh, it was so packed out that uh, Winter Tyson uh, announced that he, he had decided that he was, with all the support and all the comments he'd had, he was going to continue after yeah. all That's good. Uh, with a different sort of um, uh, uh, format to the way he's gone before, and uh, different nights of the week and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, so, and that is going to carry on mainly, I think, at the Mallard. And the Mallard are, are having considerably more presentations now of um, and, uh, classic films and, and films yes. along with uh, specific themes as well. So, uh, certainly it's hosted for two years running the um, the Guernsey uh, the Guernsey uh, Film Fest, Film Fest, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which will be back with us again in uh, in the autumn. So, yeah, absolutely loads to look forward to, and we will do our best to keep across it all right here on the Guernsey Press Arts Podcast. It's uh, going to be quite a challenge. There's so much going on. Uh, but that's all for our January edition. Uh, do be back with us in February for some more. But for now, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.